Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. I'm your host, Ron Huntley, and my guest today is Mitch from Belfast, Ireland. Mitch is a social entrepreneur, author, and evangelist. He's the co-founder of Crown Jesus Ministry, whose purpose is to see the people of Ireland crown Jesus Lord of their lives. Through the staff, Crown Jesus Ministries reaches tens of thousands of people each year from all walks of life. Mitch has hosted a, or hosts a Facebook live event through the pandemic called Fear Versus Faith to speak into what he's picking up from others as the pandemic hit. I was introduced to Mitch through a mutual friend. When he learned I was coming to Ireland to speak in Alpha Conference, he invited me to Belfast and I got to see firsthand the work they do, the team of leaders he has drawn around the mission and to experience his ecumenical hospitality as he invited a room full of Catholic clergy together to learn of the work that we were doing at Divine Renovation. My friends, enjoy this inspiring conversation. Lift off when the clock has started. Mitch, welcome to the show. Hey, Ron, thanks so much for uh, for having me on. It's great to be uh, with you again. All the way from Northern Ireland. Listen, I keep your book on my dining room table, uh, the book titled Snatched from the Fire. And it makes me laugh and think. And so thank you for writing that book. It is so much fun to read. Great. Well, you know, I wrote that book, Ron, uh, 10 years ago. And it's been on my mind for the past two or three years to, to, to follow it up with something. But um, mm. I, I, sometimes I'm not sure if there's a book in me again at, at the time. Uh, I wanted it to be the heart behind the book was I wanted something that uh, the chapters would be short. It would be simple that. Uh, predominantly men who were uh, loosely connected into uh, the faith uh, would be able to, to rediscover a deeper faith or recover a deeper faith. So, you know, it, it's, I wanted it to be like a pop-up book. I wanted it to be really simple, you know, for guys who are, who are not <laughs> Guys readers. like me, you mean. Because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, generally guys are not readers. So I was like, how do I make this really short and simple? put some humor in there and uh, certainly I'm, I'm not a comedian, nothing like it, but uh, uh, humor in real life stories can, can warm the heart. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was a blessing and, and privilege just to, to serve people in that book. So thanks for reading it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so that'd be a good book to buy for any women that are listening who, cause it really is like, honestly, like it is short, it is simple. I'm not a ferocious reader and love every minute of it. And so that's, a, I never thought about it from that perspective, but that reminds me too, just yesterday I was talking to my son and uh, he's helping take on a alpha table uh, with a friend of his and he has a female roommate and he invited her to their alpha coming up. And she went on to share with him that um, none of the men in her entire family go to church. It's the women that go to church. And so that's neat that your book was specifically written for men. Yeah, well, I think there's, uh, we need to celebrate the fantastic work that, that women have done yeah. throughout the history of the church. And more so, I think, in the last 20-something years where um, whether it has been um, that, that the church has been, 
you know, dressing itself up in flowers and nice pink and magnolia walls and, you know, everything. I was in a men's toilet in a, in a church last year before the pandemic. And I thought I walked into the wrong one, you know, with like nice little scents and, and pictures on the wall and stuff. And I maybe we've made it a little bit uh, too feminine. Um, and that's no criticism on the females in the church, not for one second, but, you know, we strayed away from that as the man abdicated some responsibility to, mm-hmm. to lead the family and to lead the church, lead in the church. And, um, and, and so we find ourselves in this situation right now where too many men look at the church and they say, well, you know, Christianity are, is, is for weak men. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think they need to come to the realization, of course, that yes, Christianity is a church, a, a crutch. And it is for weak men, and I am one of those. <laughs> uh, uh, but there has to be a, a position first where we make a connection and then a sense of humility and, and gently yeah. leading men into something something deeper. And, you know, Ron, I've thoroughly enjoyed on Fridays connecting in with uh, your men on Zoom with the, the gym gathering from uh, probably from March last year. I think I, I connected into that. And uh, they have 40-plus men every Friday for one hour, just encouraging each other. And the first five, 10 minutes before we officially start, just a little bit of humor and banter and stuff in there. It, uh, I think it's a real healthy place. And I think you know, today, more than ever, we need man to, uh, to, to step up the responsibility as leaders, to step up to the call of God, the mission of God, the new evangelization. And uh, because you really find yourself in that, you find yourself uh, whenever you find God in the day. Amen. Amen. It's been great to to have you there too. It's been a real encouragement to the men of St. Benedict Parish to have people from different parts of the world coming in. So if you're listening today and saying, hey, I'd be willing to give that a try, uh, you can always send me an email or go to ronhuntley.com and, and uh, just send a question and we'll send you the link because it, it really is helpful. In fact, that's how I started it is I realized that I need other men in my life to really hold me accountable to living my faith because I can get lazy. I can fall into bad habits. I can let good habits slide. And I don't want to do that. It's kind of like if I, if I want to be really physically fit, it's not enough to drive by the gym three times a week. It's not enough to walk by my Bible uh, every day or have it sitting somewhere and not engaging in it. And so I, I needed it. And, and so uh, yeah, we started, in fact, years ago, I started in Truro and it was just me and one other guy. We couldn't get, we couldn't pay anybody else to come. You know, we do it really early on Friday morning so men can get off to work. And and then when I went to St. Benedict Parish, I started it with one guy and he asked me the most naive question. He said, Ron, do you mind if I ask others to come? And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, Adam, nobody's going to come. I've tried that for three years in Truro Love and it. men aren't interested and he brought people and they came and they stayed. And then I invited people and they stayed. And so it grew. Uh, and I was thankful. It's for been me. so good. And that's, you know, right there, Ron, the statement that you made that, and this is one of the things we have to be careful of in Christianity today, that we don't institutionalize everything and guard everything and have these heavy expectations. Um, and the fact that you released it and you get all kinds of people on there, even little Irish men like me, is such. <laughs> such a healthy uh, environment and context for, for us to be in. And there's been times over the last year, you know, I've been so moved in those groups. And very quickly for, for your listeners, just a, one little story. There's, there's one gentleman in the group called Roger. Roger's probably the oldest in the group. He's in a care home. So obviously when we were in the height of the pandemic, we were all, um, you know, deeply concerned for everyone's well-being, but particularly Roger, who will be one of the more 
vulnerable ones. And um, he doesn't say much in the in the, the the group because his hearing isn't good. He doesn't pick everything up. And just one day, um, someone asked him a question, and uh, he said, I, "I can't hear you." And they shouted it again. And he said, "I can't hear you." Said, "But I can't hear most of what you say." He said, "But I love to come in every week because I just love to see your faces." Oh. And I thought, oh, my goodness, like, here's a man who's in a care home, probably feels lonely at times. And even if we don't understand all of the vocabulary or language, just to be in a room on a Zoom with, with like-minded men, to know that there's a place where you're loved and valued, my goodness, it's, it's so precious. So <laughs> thanks for creating that space, Ron. You're welcome. I remember at St. Benedict years ago, a group of women came to me and said, how come we don't have that? And I said, why are you asking me the question? Why don't you guys have it? And they said, well, how would we do it? And so a group of them actually came to the men's leadership gym to participate, to see how it was happening. And then they started their own and they called it Grow, God Renewing Our Women. And they loved it. And so they got together, did the exact same thing. But in our tradition in the Catholic Church, it seems that the only person that gets to talk about their faith, that, that really gets to give speeches or talks on the scriptures and what God is doing and saying Every single week is the priest, but 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 our priesthood as baptized Christians is also to be exercised, but there's no platforms. And so I wanted to create at St. Benedict Parish these platforms where just lay people can can labor over writing a talk, learn how to communicate, wrestle with the scriptures, so and try to inspire people. So true. We will never be evangelizers until we first evangelize ourselves. And, and those groups create that space. And we will never be able to, uh, in whatever context, whether that's Catholic church or whatever, we will never uh, be fulfilled in the mission of God and evangelization until we first continually evangelize ourselves and are in those communities where we're built up in the word of God and, and, and a sense of togetherness. Mm, I love that. Mitch, earlier we were talking about your book, Snatched from the Fire. And, and I'm just wondering, because books really can play. I know, I know uh, some like, audio books are great. Like, they've come out since, and that's helpful for people that maybe don't naturally uh, read very well. Uh, and so I think there are a lot of different ways that people can consume books. But I think in doing it, it's such an important commitment to growth. And, and for leaders, it's, a, it's an important, leaders always need to be learning and growing. Is there any books that you've been looking at recently that, that, that have really caught your attention? And Well, look, I, mean, I, I, I think you've touched on something that's hugely important, uh, Ron, in terms of uh, developing as a leader, you need to read um, I encourage that. Not everyone's a reader, but you have to discipline yourself to that. You know, when I became a Christian, uh, a follower of Jesus at 19, and took it seriously, I think up to that point, I had uh, read one book, which was The Hobbit. Uh, I, I didn't finish it. Um, so it was a discipline that I had to pick up. Yes. And, and it's a very important discipline. And, you know, today I, I read uh, regularly. Every day I would be reading a book. And I also read widely. And it's important that you don't just read from the, the kinds of people who agree with your opinion. Um, and so that, that's a healthy thing for us to do. So you know, some of the books that I've just finished, you know, between now and Christmas, I read a book called uh, How the Irish Saved Civilization by Thomas Cahill. It's, um, it's not necessarily a Christian book, although there's a very strong Christian message in it of, of when we went through those difficult years uh, in the dark ages and when Rome had fallen 
and that all the libraries and all the literature across Europe had been burned, that um, actually in Ireland it was a little a group of monks on the edges of cliffs who were writing out the scriptures and writing anything they could get their hands on because they were just learning to read and write. You know, these uh, kind of Celtic barbarians had no kind of understanding of, of these things. And, and so they then set off on their ships and uh, became the missionaries that went back into Europe and some columns, Colm Tilly, others who went out uh, to other shores, whether it was England or France or beyond, and um, set up little monasteries of what they, they had practiced in Ireland and take it back out to the nation. So that's been a great book for me to read because obviously as an Irishman, it, it warms my heart that, Lord, maybe we could do this again. Yeah. And, and the courage that these men had, some of them got into boats without oars and just trusted the Lord that he would take them wherever he called them to be. It's unbelievable. So, great book. Another one, I'm halfway, well, more than halfway through it, but I, I thoroughly recommend, Ron, it's a new book out last year. It's called A Church Called Tove. Okay. O-V. And it's written by a guy uh, called Scott McKnight and Laura, Lara Barringer. Um, and it's about forming a goodness culture in our church. Hmm. First half of the book, it, it talks about the uh, the tragedies of what we've seen in church leadership and in churches uh, across the world, from Willow Creek, and they talk about the, you know what happened at Willow Creek, what's happened in some Catholic churches, what's happened here and here. Uh, but it's not a book like to, to like just hang people out to dry. It's saying here were unhealthy cultures in the church. And then the second half of the book is addressing what are the things that we need to do to create a healthy culture in the church that we honor and respect everyone. You know, some of the points that they talk about in, in uh, the book, I'm just turning the page to it here, Ron, is uh, he talks about the circle of Tov. So the circle of Tov is like key things that you want to have inside the culture of your church and those Cultural things are things like nurturing truth, showing grace, nurturing empathy in your church. You know, what is truth? Um, how do we show compassion on all kinds of people, not just the people who are like us? Uh, nurturing service, uh, nurturing justice in our, our churches. Um, so, uh, and how do we create just a healthy culture? Um, so I've really, that's been a good book for me as a, personal reflection in terms of as I lead our ministry crying Jesus I want to make sure that um I lead well that I create a good a tov good culture what's tov mean like where's that what's... tov means good that's what that oh, word does okay. where, where, where does it come from so it's a it's a Hebrew word for good oh, and it's okay. actually like in in the bible it talks about tov I think it's like 700 times it refers to this word good so we talk about Tove and, and the goodness of God. God is Tove, and Jesus was Tove, and His teaching was Tove, and this is what He sent His disciples out to be, to be Tove, and to share the what, the good news, to, sh to share the Tove news, um, and how we need to push back from this narcissistic kind of leadership that we have today, where one leader controls everything, governs everything, sometimes can bully his way into things and it's such an unhealthy picture of what leadership and what the church can be. The church should be somewhere where people feel safe, they feel loved, that they'll be listened to, um, that they will be empowered and released. And yes, people will make mistakes. Of course they will. 
but that's not the time to judge people and to love people. Um, yeah. There's a there's a book uh, it's an old book called Raisin in the Sun. Um, I don't know if you know the story of Raisin in the Sun, Ron, but it's um, it's a Mitch, mother. Mitch, as you tell that story, I'm just gonna your your uh, mic is rubbing up against your turtleneck. So if you just hold it out a bit, there you go. Keep talking. Okay. There you go. So when uh, in the book uh, Raisin in the Sun, the story is of a of a mother who. She'd been left some money in a will and she had a, a dream of getting out of the ghetto. She'd be a black family and her son and daughter would have a better life. She'd have a nice little house with window boxes and all of that. And the, the mother and, and the son and the daughter discussed how they would use the money. And the son's had a pretty rough ride to this point. And he has an idea to start a small business. And he persuades his mom and, and the sister's not keen on the idea, but you know, how does the mom her son fulfilling his dreams and she gives the money to him and he starts this new business that they will be able to like release the family and the better things and he goes into partnership and you probably know the story goes the partner runs off with the money oh. and um, he comes back home when he's got nothing and his sister like lays into him straight away how could you do this to our family to our savings to my our mom's dream and she as she gets laid into him the mother turns around and says um I thought I taught you to love him. When do you think the right time is to love him? Just when he's done good? Have you thought about the road that he's traveled, the times that he's been uh, disappointed and beaten and abused and manipulated that right now he's at his lowest? Surely this is the time to love someone when they're at their lowest. It's such a beautiful picture of a mom showing leadership, showing tove mm-hmm. and doing, doing the right thing and the good thing. I love that, you know? And I, so that book has been a, um, that story is not in that book, but um, it's a great book. I thoroughly encourage uh, all of your listeners to pick that book up, A Church Called Tove. Thank you for that. I, I love those. I love recommendations from people I care about and trust because uh, I'm usually never disappointed. Like, you know, you're not disappointed because you, you share the same values. You, I got to say, though, my son's 21 and he's always dropping new words on me. And I, I just feel, and I'm just going to say to him, like later on today, hey, when I see something good, I'm going to say, hey, that's Tove. I, I just want to be able to throw a hip word his way. <laughs> so, so for all you guys in your 40s and 50s with kids, <laughs> there's your word. Make sure you drop that on your kids today. Um, you know, that whole idea of of culture, like truly, like it, that uh, Drucker said, uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast, but but leadership eats eats culture for lunch. We're never going to have a healthy culture by mistake. It takes leadership and it needs to be intentional. Therefore, we must define it if we're going to lean into it. And so I love the principles that you talked about in that book because we all need to constantly be reminded of that. And here's the deal. As a leader, I can violate those principles myself. And and so I need to allow other people to hold me accountable to living out the values that we say are going to drive a healthy culture because I am going to mess it up. I guarantee you that. And I need to, as leaders, we need to give people close to us permission to hold us accountable if they if we do it to them and or they see us do it to somebody else. Because if we don't live out the values that we profess that will drive to a healthy culture, if we undermine it ourselves because we're in a position of authority. Jeez, those are just empty words, man. We must lead by example. Good. Love that. You know, on that note, 
I, I love what you did like during COVID. I, I, I don't know if you were doing it before, but you, you started going Facebook live. Were you doing that before as well? Or was that because of COVID? No, it, the, uh, I think about the six, I think it was the 16th of March. It was the week before we were in the lockdown here in, uh, in the, in the UK and Ireland. And there was a real sense of, a sort of fear just picking up and it wasn't healthy. The language and tones that people were using in, in the, in the online wasn't good. So, I just thought it was a good time to respond to that. So I just put up, hey, you know, I'm going to jump in tomorrow morning, 7.30, do a little 15-minute reflection encouragement. Um, and so we continued that. We'd done it five days a week. Uh, my wife joined in after about third week, and we ran that up until the summer. My son and daughter stepped in and helped out a little bit as well. Um, and then in September, we picked it up again three days a week. And we, we did about 127 morning. Um, and we're probably going to pick it up again, Ron, you know, next week or the week after. We, we're just, as a family, saying we don't want to do it until like, we feel like God's leading us saying to, something to, to do yeah. that. You know, it, but certainly um, in light of the pandemic and the rise here, I mean, they're saying now in Northern Ireland, where I am right now, on the, it's being recorded on the 8th of January, they, they reckon one in every 60 people now have uh, COVID. So we're in a fairly strict uh, lockdown at the moment. Um, and so that and also what's happening in terms of uh, global crisis with leadership, it's probably a good time for us to speak into that again. And, and, mm-hmm. and our words were this, our little hashtag was this, faith over fear. Um, and that's what we tried to do all the way through was just speak faith over fear, speak positive things. We intentionally avoided political things and we will continue to do that. Um, and that was not it. We don't feel that the church should have a voice in politics. It's just not my job. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I, know your own call. Know your lane. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, so it was good. It was good. We enjoyed doing it. It was, it was important to do it. It was hard sometimes. There's no doubt about it. Getting, getting up every day, 630, getting the cameras all set up and ready to go for, for 730 half, what became a half hour. Um, but um, when it's in you, then, then you lead on. You lead on, you get on with it. Well, it's an interesting perspective because I think, and and what I see over and over again as I as I do the ministry that I do, and particularly in my local parish, people I see God placing a call on people's hearts, but they often don't believe in themselves enough to take a step of action. You've done that. I mean, you started Crown Jesus Ministry. Another example is faith over fear, doing the morning live streams or, or Facebook lives with your family. Speak into that for a minute in terms of how does somebody discern a call or a sense of something stirring? What do they need to do from to discern that and to take action? What, what advice would you have? Well, I think for, for me, Ron, it's, uh, you've got to take the Bible for, for fierce value and what it is, you know, and. I know that I know that I have a good father in heaven who loved me, who sent the son to die for me, who's offered me uh, not only eternal life, but he's offered me the best life now. And, and if I can sum it up in this, you know, God will take care of us. And I have a peace in that, and that God will look after his people and take care of us. And so, you know, my, my reading of the Bible has deepened my relationship with God and given me confidence and courage to, to step out. You know, I, 
I would rather be, as someone put it one time, a white water walker than a dry boat Christian. <laughs> I, 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 want, I, want to be, I want to be out there. And uh, I think the invitation for us is, is Christians is to, be, is to be entrepreneurial, to be pioneers, to be creative. We are made in the image of God, who is a creative God. And, and not be afraid to make mistakes. It's, it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. Um, but if we never step out, if we never give it a go, you know, we're never going to achieve anything. I think there's one sense that we have to have the freedom and the courage to do that. We also need a, a, a leadership on our communities and churches um, who, who will say to people, go for it. Yeah. I, I put up, now occasionally I drop this into Twitter or whatever I say. Um, if you're going to ask me for advice, there's a very good chance my answer is going to be, I think you should go for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I'm of the same opinion. Like, because if it's a good, if it's good, give it a try. You know, if it's robbing a bank, you know, I'm probably going to say uh, <laughs> that's yeah, not a good idea. It's true. And we've taken big steps, you know, as a family. I, I, I was a firefighter for 16 years. I quit the fire service, you know, eight, nine years ago. Uh, then my, my wife has now moved into full-time ministry as well, working with me. I mean, huge risks in that at, at different mm-hmm. levels. But I actually never kind of, I don't dwell on the risk. I, I just dwell on being obedient mm-hmm. uh, and focus on the obedient. You know, if we each day we can uh, find ourselves in the center of God's will and um, we can all walk out of that, Ron. You know, I, this yes. week has been a bit unsettling for me um, in terms of just trying to navigate the future and finances and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And just this morning, daily reading this morning, uh, Matthew chapter six, you know, the, the words of Jesus again, it wasn't like I was reading them for the first time, but it felt like I was reading for the first time, you know, consider the lilies of the field, you know, do not worry about tomorrow. Um, and, and just to read that passage again this morning, it was really like honey on my soul, help me recalibrate, you know, my life and to go, Hey, it, and it's, and sometimes you just, it's a sense of father God saying, Hey, it's okay when you're not okay, because I'm okay. <laughs> yes, <Yeah, so, laughs> <You know? laughs> somebody's got to be okay all the time. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that is so good. Exactly. But it is hard. Like I stepped into ministry uh, myself, and and so you know, I, I remember years ago talking with Peter Herbeck, and because I was being, I felt called for the first time in my life into full time ministry. And I'd never felt called to that before. I was in the pharmaceutical industry, financial industry before that. I, I love business. And so I, mean, I love the church too. I could spend some volunteer time there, but I never felt called to full-time ministry. But then I started to feel called. And I didn't tell anybody because I was scared out of my mind because how am I going to do this? I have bills to pay. I have kids to feed. Like, I can't, this is irresponsible. And, mm-hmm. But yet the call was getting stronger and stronger. And so Peter Herbeck was at St. Benedict doing a mission and he needed to go get some luggage. I think the airline uh, killed his luggage on him. So uh, and he was kind of tired and I said, oh, why don't we go to the mall? And we did. And I thought, let's have a little bite to eat. And I said, I was expecting some really, really, because he's a wise man. I'm expecting some very spiritual uh, knowledge. I said, Peter, like I'm st- you're in full-time ministry. I'm feeling called to full-time ministry, but I'm afraid um, because of the financial piece. Yeah. What, 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 what advice would you have? And I'm expecting, you know, him to call on the Holy Spirit, set my lunch on fire right at the food court. 
And he said, Ron, it's really simple. If, if you have a call for ministry, then you need to be able to fund that call or you just have a hobby or a good idea. And said, so you're a businessman, figure it out. I thought, well, that's not what I was looking for. But but there's a truth to that. There's a simplicity to, you know, to step out in faith. And I was a, I, I was lack, I was lacking faith. Like I was, I was scared. Honestly, I was just scared. And I had to place my fear before God, pray into it, because He was calling me. I was, I was, I was lacking trust. And as I stepped out, I'm telling you so many ways God parted the sea and, and performed miracles. And I'm guessing with Crown Jesus Ministry, there have been times in your ministry development because you need to fund that ministry. Like there's probably incredibly generous people who love what you're doing and get behind you. But sometimes you don't know who they are yet. And that requires yeah. faith. Totally. Well, you know, it's, it's what comes first. You know, is it, is it character or gifting? And it's always character so always so you 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 let god form your character and as god forms your character then you don't need a title on a door to call you an evangelist your character plays that out i love you know simple words saint francis of assisi said this preach as you go i mean this is why we do this podcast this is why we do what we do ron it's not preaching in terms of you know every moment is like an expository preach on leviticus (laughs) Um, but it's, it's the, it's, we live out the word of God as we go in word and deed, two sides of the evangelism coin our words and our deeds, and we get on with it. And as you get on with it, people, then, um, they call out the gifting that's in your life and they, in doing that, they are affirming your gift. Uh, I don't class myself anymore as an evangelist now, as I was when I started doing evangelism 20 seven years ago um no more no less people see me more as it now uh, but no more no less i don't think that uh, anything has changed other than uh the parameters and the boundaries that god has given me to, to exercise that preach as i go evangelizes mitch my friend Rob McDowell, who I work very closely with at St. Benedict and, and Divine Renovation, we, we use APEST, uh, uh, you know, from Ephesians 4, God, Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherd, teachers, a little tool that people can do online. I encourage you to do it. Uh, it just gives you a score and helps you know where your charisms are, 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 are leaning towards. But then we also use Strength Finders, Clifton Strength Finders, to help people understand their strengths. But Rob, Rob reminds me from time to time, because sometimes you see somebody's behavior and you look at their strength themes and their APES profile and you say, it's not matching up. He said, Ron, you don't get it. Those, those two tests don't measure character. And if a person is, is deficient in character, then they're not going to, to live in ways that are consistent with their giftings. And I just thought, ah, and so exactly. you bring it. Yeah. Exactly. And like, it, it, not everyone is going to be an apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher. Not everyone's going to fit into that. Um, but everyone has got a role to play. And we've all got a part to play in the body of Christ. Um, and what we, uh, Ron, you and I need to do is to equip as many people as we possibly can in the mission of God yeah. and loving their neighbor and Amen. just doing tov. Everywhere they go. Dove it up. 
COVID up. COVID <laughs> up. It's funny because, and, and as you say that, I, I just want to affirm our listeners. We're not saying that that equals ministry in a church. We're saying no. in your workplace, in your business, like be tov there. Like oh, there's a, fr- a friend named Pat Molno, and he owns a carpet company. And man, he just takes principles from scripture and invest them in the people in his organization. And yeah, they sell carpet and they do a good job selling carpet, but he's not just selling carpet. He's building people. Uh, yeah. And he's heavily engaged in, in the mission and movement of the church. And Very I just so. love that integrity of all these different parts of his life. There's integrity there and he's always learning and growing. And, and that's the attitude. It's just, we're not just talking church. Sure. Here. We're talking life. For sure. It was one of my biggest fears whenever um, I left the fire service to go into you know, what would be called full-time ministry would be, uh, would that mean I would be caught in this little church bubble and, <laughs> and not, not get actually in place to, to be an effective witness. And I've had to try and keep that sharp and look at other ways that I can, yes. I can do that. Um, because that's where we're at our best. We're, we're at our best, but the need is greatest. Yes. And we operate in a gifting best where the need is greatest. And you don't have to have the salary or the title. I mean, in, in, for example, in Crown Jesus Ministry, we've got 15 staff in the north of Ireland and the Republic. Uh, we've also got volunteers. And Davey, one of our staff, is a gardener. Um, but he gives up uh, a half a day, sometimes one day a week, just to serve us. This year, in the last 12 months, Davy has seen more adults make a profession of faith than any of the rest of our staff. So, so you know, what does that say? Does that say that I'm not doing a good job? No, of course not. What it does say is that Davy has found himself at the right place at the right time to get the job done. And it doesn't matter how much money you have or what title is on the door. It's about you fulfilling your calling where you're at. Oh, that is so good. I love that. It's a it's an incredible freedom and empowerment knowing that you can blossom, you can make an impact, right? Or if you're still breathing, you're powered for impact. And and it doesn't necessarily require authority or position. It requires love and courage and character. And exactly. I, I and it's that. just re- releasing others, releasing. Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to. I don't want to end our time together without talking about Northern Ireland and the troubles. And I say that because you invited me to come visit you. I was going to Ireland to give a, a conference for Alpha um, at their invitation. I, lo- I always do that whenever I can because I love evangelization, and Alpha is just the, <laughs> the most effective tool in our context. I just love, and others obviously too. So I, I just really appreciate it. And so I was able to tag on to that and come and spend time with you. And I have to tell you, I was overwhelmed by you and your family's hospitality your ministry and the sense of hospitality or your ministry. I mean, you don't come from a Catholic uh, background and yet you hosted a bunch of Catholic priests and leaders and you invited me there because you're just investing in the kingdom of God with incredible generosity. But I also learned a lot through you and the tour we did that day because I didn't, although my relatives come from Northern Ireland and I kind of heard some rumblings of it. I didn't understand the magnitude and the impact. And so the whole Catholic versus Protestants, that just the entrenchment of, of violence and anger. How, 
how have you guys navigated that? How have you gotten to a place where you and I can have this conversation where you can invite Catholics to your ministry? I know that's a yeah. huge topic. Well, we probably deal with it in another podcast, but I didn't want to not talk about it. No, while I no sure. I mean, we could cover that in a, in a whole podcast, obviously history of troubles in Northern Ireland and, and my journey through all of that. Um, you know, but to summarize it for our listeners, Northern Ireland was, you know, we're 40 years, we're only a hundred years old this year as a country. So we're a very young country. Um, and you could probably say there were 40 years of troubles. Some will say there was a lot longer than that, but 40 years that we define as um, the significant troubles in Northern Ireland. And the conflict in Northern Ireland was, was more about land than it was about religion. Um, it was, but if you divide those people up in terms of with their tribal preferences to the land, then the majority of those who wanted to remain part of the United Kingdom were from a Protestant tradition, and those who came with a nationalist, Republican, Irish agenda to have a whole united Ireland came from a Catholic tradition. And so for many outside, it was seen as a Protestant Catholic thing. The sad reality is that that did play out at different levels in terms of the churches um, being more divided um, in terms of uh, their, not just their theology, but attitude to stuff. So you can't deny that there's been a reformation, that there's a division there. Um, but it became a little bit deeper here in Northern Ireland. But, but ultimately, the tragedy of you know, 3,800 plus people who lost their lives, and we don't want to ramble that number out that that's heartbreaking um was a consequence of 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 the troubles and you had churches on both sides who had to try and do the right thing to do the tove thing mm-hmm. in the midst of all of that um and we had strong leaders who helped us get through those things and that's what we need in our world today we need strong leaders who are going to be able to take us uh, to a place of um of uh, repentance uh, and a place of, uh, of, of good. So I'm not saying that Northern Ireland has arrived in some sort of utopia, far, far from that, but I'm deeply thankful for those in politics and also those in, in uh, church. And they were few, there were few, um, but those few who stepped up, who were willing to walk across the barricades and climb grav- gravel roads um, to do good. You think of like Father Alec Reed, Father Jerry Reynolds, and then you know on the other side we've got people like Ken Newell and Jack McKee, and people who sought out to do the right thing on our island and, and across the barricades on both sides. The big five things that I talk about that we um, that, that is needed when you get into these conflict, uh, whether it's a conflict in Northern Ireland or indeed you know the conflict in America right now or whatever it is and. Without taking sides, here are the five things I encourage people to do. Number one, you need to listen. Uh, they all begin with L. So it's a, you need to listen. You need to listen to both sides of the narrative. Uh, the second thing is you need to lament what has happened. You, there needs to be a sense of empathy in, in you, and you lament uh, the stories of what has happened and what should have happened. So you listen, you lament. The, the, the third thing is that you need to... Uh, you need to love. You need to, to come at this with a posture of, of love. The, the, third, the fourth thing is you need to learn from it. What? How can I? The, the learning is always, how can I be, for us as Christians, how can I be more like Jesus and how I approach this the next time? I've listened to the narrative. Gosh, it's different. For me, in Northern Ireland, it was reading. I've read over 20 books on... Uh, 
on the Troubles in Northern Ireland and the Nationalist Republic and four of those books by Derry Adams to understand that story, not just the Protestant authors, the other side of the story. And that gives me a chance to listen. Mm. It gives me a chance to lament. It gives me a chance to learn, love. And the next one is lead. So that's the five I talk about. So it's, it's listen, learn, lament, love, and lead. And so it's how you lead out of that because you've, you're getting a broader experience. And if you take those first four, you will always lead with a, with a greater sense of sensitivity. And uh, you know, for Northern Ireland, we're in a better place today because that's how I've seen people have led well. Um, and my hope and prayer is that, you know, for, for all of us, we can learn that in whatever conflict we find ourselves in, big ones like Israel, Palestine, America, but also the little conflict that we find in our church where uh, someone uh, wants to use the hall for alpha and it has been used for something else. And uh, I know you guys have some experience in that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> That's beautiful. I, you know, I, right now, the pastor that uh, I'm at Christ the King Parish in Dartmouth and Father Toshiku is from Nigeria. And I, I'm just so disconnected from a lot of global issues. And uh, he shares with me that they're in incredible turmoil right now. And so these five principles, listen, lament, love, learn, lead. Man, it's, it's a great set of principles. I have great friends uh, are Lebanese and they've uh, done Alpha with us and they've built a brand new church just across the street from St. Benedict. They're amazing people. And, and through my friendship with them, learn what's going on in Lebanon, the turmoil. And I've, a lot of my clients are, are in the U.S. And so I'm very aware of what's happening there. And, and, but you're right. It's these big things, but it's also just as applicable and the little things in our lives, maybe some of the relationships that you have that are maybe strained right now or going through a mm -hmm. difficult time. It's easy to get defensive. It's easy to shut down. It's easy to see the speck in your brother's eye and not see the log in your own. And I'm guilty of that way more often than I care to admit. It takes me longer to see myself than it does others. And that's why praying with scripture every day for me is so important because God will often soften my heart and speak into me very directly in ways that sometimes I wasn't able to hear when other people were saying them to me. Yeah. So yeah. just encourage everybody. Mitch, I'll tell you, I think you're great. And I, I, I love, I love how you lead. Um, one of my favorite examples was as you and your wife brought your kids into, cause your kids not like they're in their thirties. Uh, how old are your kids? Uh, Noah is 15 and uh, Megan is 12, uh, going on 18, like every 12-year-old girl. Uh, <laughs> They're so smart. But it's so, just so fun to watch you use that platform that you had, create it through Facebook Live, and invite them into that. And just to watch how you interacted with your kids. I just see, saw you as a proud, beaming father, just loving your kids yeah. and allowing them space to shine. And what a... You know, the, the leadership that I see in you and your ministry and how you uh, interact with the people that you influence and care for is the exact same type of leadership I see you exercising as a father and as a husband. And um, that integrity and character that you bring to leadership, I aspire to. So thanks for who you are. Thanks for what you do. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on, Ron. And, you know, leadership, as you've already uh, said in this podcast, leadership, the journey. And uh, we, none of us have arrived. And we, every day we're just trying to keep the main thing, the main thing, count our blessing. 
look after ourselves, look after others, stay close to Jesus. Um, and sometimes, you know what we need to do, Ron? We need to remember to forget. Yes. Uh, and not to beat ourselves up about things that we said and done in the past. It's so important. Some people in leaders just get lost because they can't forgive themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And we need to come to a place of repentance, but also just to move on and say, hey, you know, I made those mistakes. I, I, I learned from them. Find out your identity in God and, uh, and serve him. I'm a big football fan. Uh, Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich have a saying. It's an old German. It's not modern German language, old German language. It's on the back of the shirt. And it's Mia San Mia. And it simply means this. We are who we are. We are who we are. And, you know, for Ron, I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but I am what I am. We are who we are. And uh, all I've just got to be is that. I I can never be a Ron. You're never going to be a myth. I just need to be the best version of me. And if you don't like it, take it up with a creator. We are who we are. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, that's one of the things that crosses my mind the odd time with starting a podcast is that once I say it, it's out there. And sometimes I say things that aren't well-researched. And if I could say them again, I might say them differently. And and then you get crucified on them. And I just, if that's, if I say anything that, that offends people or maybe it wasn't well thought out or the theology isn't as sound as it could be or should be, ask me a question. Don't criticize. Like, assume that maybe... Uh, maybe we're our on the same page. And I would say that to other people too. Like, let's not be quick to condemn, ask questions, clarify, uh, you know, let people be themselves and, and, and give them the freedom and the space to do that. Uh, just again, really appreciate what you, Mitch, if people want to get more of you, if they want to connect with you somehow, social media or what have you, how would they best do that? Okay. So uh, if you want to, Click that on social media. The, the easiest way to do that is just to, uh, to search Mitch Belfast. So you'll get me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, Facebook, um, you, that will get you to my personal account, but then you'll also see a signpost from that to um, Mitch and Amanda at crownjesus.org. That's where you get our, our kind of regular updates and stuff there. Um, and if there's something I can serve you with in the church in terms of evangelism, the evangelization, uh, serving uh, all tribes and that, then uh, feel free to get in touch by email mitch at crownjesus.org. Love it. Thank you so much. And, you know, I think too, there's probably business people out there that will be listening to this podcast. And if you feel united with Mitch's heart, with his ministry, and you'd like to get behind them financially because they are a ministry that relies on the support of of people of means. And so by all means, reach out to Mitch for that too, because we need to get behind people who are willing to take those risks, to dare to be themselves, to place their trust in God and live for it. So God bless you. God bless your work. Thank you, Mitch. God bless everyone. Bye-bye. That was my interview with Mitch. Ladies, be sure to pick up his book for your husband, your father, your son, It's a great book for men. It's short, it's an easy read. It's entitled Snatch from the Fire. It'll make people laugh and then it'll touch their heart and bring them to tears. Also, check out their website at crownjesus.org and be inspired by the work they do. You know, your five-star rating helps me to grow this new podcast and engage more people in the topic of great Christian leadership. Also, leave a comment and let me know if there's anything specific that inspired you today. And if there's a topic that you'd like me to tackle or a guest that you'd like me to invite on the show, 
Thanks for tuning in. I want to encourage you, as you lead this week, be faithful to God and generous to others. See you next time. And remember, if you're still breathing, you are powered for impact. Thank you.